Good morning, church. Hopefully you can see our new shiny sign, Hope. Uh, hopefully it's big enough. Is it big enough? We can go bigger next year if you'd like us to. Massive thanks to Paul, uh, our handyman, who put that together. We are going for the hope of Christmas, are we not? These are bleak times. These are bleak midwinter times, as Dickens said. But as the church, we have the hope. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And we're going to proclaim him loudly and proudly this Christmas, like every Christmas, but more so this year, because we want people to know that hope has a name, and it's Jesus. Jesus doesn't trust you. Jesus doesn't trust you. Those were the words spoken by a pastor in the church in Luxembourg when Bethany and I were visiting a few years back with some friends. I was hoping to have a Sunday off. I was hoping to just be a punter like you, sit there and listen and be fed. But when this preacher started saying, Jesus doesn't trust you, I woke up. And I thought, gosh, what's he saying here? As we sat and listened to this poor exegesis of why Nicodemus in John chapter 3 has come in the night, we were told that it was because Jesus wasn't trusted of Nicodemus. He didn't want to show him who he was. He didn't want to tell him that he was God incarnate, God in the flesh, God with us. We were told that this chapter 3 of John was all about hush moments. It was all about hiding in secrecy. Well, I sat there, didn't I? I got out my notebook, got out my pencil, and I started taking notes. Bethany must have noticed something about me. She must have noticed how my my breathing perhaps changed how I became a bit more animated as I sat there thinking, actually, I'm not sure I agree. I'm not sure what it was, but Bethany could tell me uh, to calm down. She did. Anyway, as the service ends, our friends start to head home. They start to say, where should we go for lunch? We had great plans for lunch. And I couldn't leave this church I couldn't go without speaking to this pastor. Bethany tells me to leave. She says, come on, we're going. And I said, I'm really sorry, but I've got to go and speak to this pastor. So as we head, I head to the pastor. She heads to the door. She says, you can walk, it's fine. And as I head to the pastor, I said to him one question. Does Jesus trust you to preach to us? Does Jesus trust you to preach to us? Yes, he replies. So I then say to him, then why does King Jesus trust you, but not trust me, not trust the rest of us? He goes on to explain that in this text, he was trying to play with the lightness and the darkness, and he was trying to pull people in. And I said, yeah, I get that. But do you not think that people already think that God doesn't trust them, that God doesn't want to know them a bit more, that God doesn't want to dwell in them and with them and be for them. The enemy is doing a pretty good job telling people that they're burnt out, 
that they're depressed, that they have no place to play in the gospel. But Jesus is working overtime to tell people that they matter, that there is hope, that God steps closer to them. So he tells me in the end that he was just trying to grab people. And I simply said, well, be careful. Because sometimes you can turn people off instead of turning them on. Friends, hopefully you're never, and hopefully you've never heard it here at St. Paul's, that Jesus doesn't trust you. Hopefully you'll hear it loud and clear from here and in this area that Jesus is not out to get you, but he's out to bless you. Jesus is the only one who is ultimately for you. When everybody walks out or everybody dies or whatever happens, life is complicated. But Emmanuel, God with us, if his name is true, he is always for us and he will never walk out. Without Jesus' trust, without his tenderness, without his gentleness, surely the Great Commission when we're told to go out and to make disciples and to baptise them, becomes redundant. Surely it just becomes the great commiseration when we go out and we say, actually, none of this makes sense to us, but let's just pretend. Let's just have a party. Let's keep our head in the sands. But no, we go because we know that Jesus is the Word made flesh. In our text today, if you have a Bible on your phone, do load it up. If you'd like a Bible, do go to the back of church. If you'd like to take a Bible home, take it. It'll be a gift from St. Paul's. We'd love to buy more. In our text from John 3, verses 13 to 21, we see a king, the king of kings, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the one who stoops down. He comes down, does he not, to be in our mess and in our muck and in our shame and in our sin because he doesn't want to leave us there, but he wants to move us on to a place of hope, a place of grace, a place of trust. So I want to pull out two points for us today. Firstly, Jesus trusts you. And secondly, Jesus gets you. He gets what it is to be you. In our John 3 reading, Nicodemus is told that if we are to believe and trust in him, then we can have eternal life. It's there in verse 16. And this is not eternal life. That starts, friends, when we die. We're not on hold We've not called customer services in heaven and we're just waiting, you know, your number four billion and 22, you know, your call's important to us. There's no Beyonce or Mozart's in the kind of backing music. Eternal life starts today. It started from the moment that you said yes to Jesus, when you said, yes, I want the gift of the Holy Spirit in my heart and I want to be a beacon of hope to my friends, to my family, to my work colleagues. So how do we gain this eternal life? Only Jesus. Only Jesus, the king who stoops down. Only Jesus, the king who will give us the gift of his Holy Spirit, will give us the grace, will give us the confidence, will give us the authority, will give us the faith, 
will unify this community, this town of Western Supermare. It's only Jesus who gives us total acquittal. It's only Jesus who gives us a hope of the fullness of life today, right now, in this place, in our time. If not, then we're waiting, aren't we? We're still on hold. But that's not eternal life. That's a life that's over there, not a life that we can have today. In summary, we are to participate in, with Jesus Christ because the scary thing of the Gospels is that we can become more like Jesus each and every day. We're not to wait, we're not to park with the problems and the issues or the hopes or the joys or the challenges or whatever God has given us. We don't pull it off over there, but we walk to the cross each and every day and we take the gift for today and we take it into the next day. As we enter a relationship with Jesus, we grow in friendship with him. We learn to trust him. We realize, and this is the scary thing, that he wants to trust us too. That he wants to trust you with the gifts and the talents and the tithes that you have to build the kingdom of God here in this place today. We begin to see people the way Jesus sees them. We don't see them anymore how the world sees them, but we see them, as you say, with our kind of Jesus-shaped glasses or contact lenses, whatever you prefer. We see people how Jesus sees them, as eternally loved, as eternally needed, as eternally wanted. And if we're really brave, sisters and brothers, we start to love ourselves as Jesus loves us. Wow. Only Jesus in us, only Jesus for us, can start the revolution of the heart. The day we start to realise that Jesus treats us in this way is the day the revolution begins. We become a people who find ways to love their enemies, not to walk away from them, not to hide from them, not to put them down, but to walk towards them, to be bridge builders, to love them. We become a people who find that we can forgive those who have hurt us, not forget. We never run back to those people who hurt us and say, hurt us again, please, come on, come on, come on. We learn from it, but we, make, we find a way that the pain doesn't get us down, but gives us the strength to get out of bed in the morning. Only Jesus, only the king who stoops down, who comes and stands alongside us and often, more often than not, carries us when life is too painful. Only Jesus can help us to shut down those fears that consume us, that carry us, that control us. Only Jesus can liberate us and open us up to a love because he, King Jesus, was lifted up on a cross. He was lifted up in his resurrection and he has been lifted, has he not, into the glory of the Father and he will come again and we will lift him up in praise. 
So sisters and brothers, this morning, I want to declare it loud and proud that the King of Kings trusts you. So learn to trust him more. Last year, I had the privilege of putting together an Easter service and a Christmas service uh, for all 64 prisons around the UK. Uh, It was a fantastic project to be a part of. And we think we went into about 80,000 prison cells through their TVs. And as we were putting this service of hope together, we met some incredible people. And one chap I met was a guy called Lewis. Now, Lewis has had a life of crime. He was going in and um, uh, stealing 10-pound shirts, not because he needed the shirt, but he liked the thrill. He was addicted to stealing. And that got him in a whole array of trouble. He ended up in the local prison, the prison uh, of, uh, next to the church where I was serving in Winchester. And I got to meet him. And here's what Lewis said. I found myself in Her Majesty's Prison, Winchester, two years ago. And my, why, um, and my life wasn't working out the way I wanted it to. And I felt broken. And in a, and in a moment, I surrendered and I prayed And I'm not going to say that a shine and light came down from heaven, but I did find comfort in that prayer. For the first time in my life, I wasn't praying insincerely just to get out of the situation. I was praying because I needed help. Lewis is now married. Lewis now has a gardening business. Lewis is now a preacher, an evangelist sharing the hope of Jesus, not because he's learned it in here, but because he's encountered it here. He's repented. He's done a, three, a full 360 turnaround because he's met the hope of Jesus, because the king of Jesus swooped down, stooped down, got into the place where he was, into that prison cell, and he's found a hope that nothing else, no 10-pound shirt could give him. In verse 20 of our text today, we're reminded that all of us are frightened of being shown up. It's why we prefer to stay in those shadowy places. It's why we prefer to go towards the darkness instead of going into the marvelous light of Christ. It's why we hide behind our ugly bits. We all have them. I have them too. We're frightened, aren't we, of being rejected. We're frightened of being lonely. We're frightened of people, of our loved ones, for seeing who we truly are. But friends, it's okay. You were made to be who you are. You were made to be a work in progress. And it's great, because only Jesus, only God in man, in Jesus Christ, in flesh, gets what it is to be you. Gets the pain or the joy or the conditions that you're facing. Gets what it is to have a body that's fallen apart. Gets what it is to have mental health that isn't that great. Gets whatever situation you're in, because only in Jesus does God know what it is to be human. Have you ever wondered if Jesus got lonely. Well, during his lifetime, Jesus watched thousands of his followers walk away. 
when he was being prosecuted unjustly, his closest friends abandoned him out of fear. In Matthew 26, as he waited execution, he stood alone. And in his darkest moment, he died on a cross. Jesus felt abandoned. Have you ever wondered if Jesus ever got stressed? Well, in Luke 22, we read that Jesus' soul was so grieved to the point of death that he starts to bleed out, doesn't he? He suffered from a condition that caused such emotional stress that his sweat glands ruptured and blood poured down his body. He was clearly challenged, clearly overloaded by what he knew was coming his way because he was fully man, yet fully God. He knew that he needed to head to the cross because he wanted to show that love is the only thing that would ultimately change the world. In our text today, Jesus is offering Nicodemus in what Jesus embodies as the incarnation. Nicodemus is not yet aware that he is talking to God in the flesh. Jesus doesn't push him away. He doesn't say, you're the religious, you're the priest, you should know this. Come on, you've had the Old Testament, what you've been doing? He meets him, he sits him down, and he helps him, doesn't he, to see the light that he is. And this promise, friends, extends to everyone who says yes to him. Friends, Jesus doesn't want to keep us there in those pits of poverty where we choose to hide. The blood of Jesus has redeemed whatever you've done, whatever you've said. So what can be said about the king who stoops down? Here's a few thoughts. He's the one who lays hands on the sick and healed many thousands. He's the one who had compassion. He held the untouchables. He touched those with leprosy and he restored those who could not walk. He noticed a woman who had been bleeding for years and he calls her daughter. He both encourages her as a person but also restores her back into her community. On the Sabbath, he's the one who held a man's deformed hand and he opened up his eyes and mouth, opened up the eyes and mouth of a demon-possessed man. And in the temple, in the most holy of holy places, he calls over a sick woman and he says, woman, you are free from your ailment. He grieves with his friends because our emotions, our mental health, our emotional beings matter to God and his tears and his few words restore Lazarus back to new life. And even when teaching in the synagogue, he leaves to follow a father who is desperate for him to restore his dying daughter. And what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus does what he always does. He brings restoration. He brings hope to the party. This 
is what Jesus does. He puts our beauty back into our brokenness because he is God in the flesh. And sisters and brothers, know today, whatever you're facing, he runs towards you. Yes, even to you. And he's saying to you, you don't need to hide. I am the source of love. Come and step closer to me. So sisters and brothers, come to the light on this Sunday. Come and be nourished. Come and gather around the Lord's table because he invites everybody. Jesus is the king who stoops down. Remember that in Jesus, only in Jesus, do we see a good God who loves to give his, who loves to give his children good gifts. Let's pray.